0: Alright, cool. Alright, so alright, uh, we're starting right now. Um, Steve, thank you thank you for coming on my podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Um I brought you on because um <clears throat> uh you're you're you 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 you're my coach in jujitsu and um uh, I just find um like with my whole journey through jujitsu, it's be it's become such a big part of my life and it's like it's now literally like a part of me and when I see that you know you have like your own gym and you have your own career uh, uh, uh a successful career at that in jiu-jitsu and um I just I want I would like to have you you know just like talk about your story you know just like how you got into jujitsu and just like what like it means to you and um because I just feel like the whole like entrepreneurial and like with that like the whole like entrepreneurial mindset cause, like you have your own business so you're not only like, jujitsu isn't just impacting you, but you're impacting other people's lives as well, and you're helping out other people's lives through your own passion. So where did where did that all, like, come from? Because I remember you said that you, like, started, like, wrestling as, like, a little kid. Like, where did that... Like, how'd you even get into, like, wrestling then?
1: Well, how's it going, guys? Um, I guess how it all started was this is something I like to do. I just thought more physical sports were cooler than non-physical sports. Mm-hmm. I just... This is what just, like caught my attention. Mm -hmm. This is more physical contact, like football, hockey, all those sports I just thought were cooler. Mm -hmm. than like, like, I don't know, like a soccer or a baseball or a golf type thing. I just, this is what just, I just, I guess, this is what I was into as a little kid. And uh, my parents didn't let me play football because it was too dangerous, and it is. Um, And hockey, I played a little bit inline hockey, never really got into ice hockey. But then once, once I found out that there was a wrestling program at school and I had, I was a third grader when I found out there was a wrestling program and then, but you had to wait until you're a fourth grader to do it. So that alone right there really made me want to do it because I was like, I'm not even old enough to do this. Mm -hmm. So when I got old enough, I was like really excited and I was like, fourth grade came around I was like, I can do wrestling now. So, and that being said, I, I was, I almost felt like wrestling was more of a privilege than a right. Mm-hmm. So I was actually super excited to do wrestling instead of like being forced into wrestling or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just stuck with it. It was just fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, so then as a kid, so then like so like you started off with jujitsu and then, then at what and then at what point did you uh what, at what point did you make the transition from wrestling into into like jujitsu then?
1: Alright, so you know, I wrestled from fourth grade to senior year non-stop, Mm -hmm. and then right at the end of the uh, wrestling season and senior year, I was like, now what? Probably took like a month off of wrestling season, Mm -hmm. and then me and some other wrestler, um, a buddy of mine, uh, we just went to the local grappling school, the Nogi grappling school. It's not even like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what they were doing there. Um, This is regular Jiu-Jitsu. It was good Jiu-Jitsu. The guy was awesome there, but uh, that's how I first got started. So like almost like one month off of wrestling, I just... Dipped right into jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And uh, I really did jiu-jitsu not to do jiu-jitsu. I really wanted to do MMA. Mm-hmm. That's what I was really looking for. I was like, MMA was super cool. Because like, yeah. don't forget, when I was a little kid, I like contact. And like, mm-hmm. MMA is a full contact thing. So I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. So that's why I really got into jiu-jitsu is MMA.
0: And, and so to just further advance your yeah, MMA yeah, career. just so I can
1: hang in MMA and learn jiu-jitsu. But then I found out that like, well... Grappling and jiu is like my passion. I really like grappling versus striking. Striking mm-hmm. can be pretty boring to me. Unless yes. you're sparring with another person, just hitting a heavy bag and all that stuff, I can't, I can't take it. It's like running a treadmill, treadmill to me. It's, it's, it's not the best thing for me. It's not fun for me to do. Where jiu-jitsu, you're, wor- you're working with someone else. Mm-hmm. Every practice, you're not working like on a heavy bag or a dummy. You're actually working with someone else. So that makes just the practice is more fun. Mm-hmm. so therefore I, I guess I guess kind of like that and then like you could do live rolling every day so it's like you get to test yourself I don't know I guess this is my way of getting my endorphins out everyone mm-hmm. has to find their way of getting endorphins out mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu is my way
0: yeah so, so then like at like the level that you're at um cause you know you're um three stripe black belt Two. No, two, two. Yeah. um so like now and like and like you and like you have like your own gym so like when you say like in a way to like test yourself how do you how do, you, how do you find yourself to still continuously push yourself even at the level that you're at now? I
1: don't push myself. I, uh, that's the biggest thing. I never pushed myself. I never had anyone pushing me into wrestling. No one pushing me. Okay, so when I was a little kid, I didn't want to compete. I was kind of scared. Mm-hmm. And I would actually get flyers. I'm talking about fourth grade. I would get flyers for like these wrestling tournaments, and I would hurry up and throw them away before I, my parents could see them because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get sucked into doing them. And then it finally got caught up to where my dad found a flyer. He's like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you try it? You, you've been doing wrestling. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I got sucked into it. And then right away, me and the kid, sh- my first match, me and the kid shot in together. And we both collided heads. I saw stars. He probably saw stars too, but he got the takedown. Uh-huh. And uh, and he pinned me. And that was my very first match. Second match, I won. You know, so like it wasn't like I just got my butt kicked my first tournament. So it was back and forth, and it wasn't that bad, and uh, I, I found out that when you go to wrestling tournaments, it's it's like 10% wrestling, 90% eating pizza, eating hot dogs, and hanging out in the bleachers with your friends. Yeah. So therefore, the next tournament came up, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do 10% wrestling, 90% hang out, yeah. eat pizza in and, and the bleachers with my friends. So I just kind of got stuck into that, and like, I never got pushed. I was just kind of like, all right, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So... And I, I, and then you just start having fun with it. And then before you, like, you know, you're just hanging out with your friends. And that's all it was to me. It's just, I'm just hanging out. I'm just having fun. And I just stuck with it. And I just ended up getting good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you just never quit. And then you just continuously, but like, so like, but like even like now though, and like the thing like about jujitsu is that like, even by like rolling now, it's like, you probably like, you're still like learning, but you're like, it's almost like a self-teaching process now. Oh yeah. You
1: say? No, just like everything. You're always going to be learning, mm-hmm. you know? You always, even when you think you master something, it's like, you always find something a little bit, oh, wow, that's your, I can just do this, and just shortcut. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Jiu-Jitsu, there's a lot of that, Um, but.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, so then, um, so then, like, what made you, so then, like, all right, so then, start off with wrestling, then you got into um, Jiu-Jitsu to get into MMA, so then, um, just, like, walking through a little bit, just, like, your whole, like, MMA career, it's like, what, what made you, uh, so, so what what, what was that like? So making that transition from wrestling and then you said to striking because you said how like it was kind of boring unless it was someone in front of you. Like what made you... Okay, so
1: I kind of get what you're saying. Um, I had this friend. Well, I had, So it was like growing up, it was me and my brother. I had an older brother and then like these two kids that lived behind us. And their names were Josh and Jason. And... They were, the younger brother was one year older than me, and the older brother was the same age as my brother. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we would just, every day, we'd go to his house, and we'd play. And how we'd play, we'd just be playing a sport constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the younger brother of that brother, he ended up getting drafted by the Houston Astros in, like, the fourth round right out of high school. Oh, no way. So, like, he was, like, just a star athlete right away. And, like, I just saw the life that he was living with the athlete, being an athlete and stuff like that. I was like, well, I want to do that. You know, I go, i like kind of don't want a regular job seeing like what he was doing and how fun that was so I was like well I'm like I wrestled I'm like why don't I just do that you know mm-hmm. like why don't I just go into MMA and stuff like that and then so like I kind of got I guess I kind of like thought like I kind of saw like it is possible to just do what you love mm-hmm. for a living yeah through my one friend even though he was like way better at it but at baseball than compared to like what I am with jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. but um uh, but, yeah, I guess that's what kind of, like, made me really kind of, like, focus, like, hey, you know, let's do it. Let's, yeah. uh, let's let's go all in. And, like, honestly, I didn't go all in. Like, I was in college. I graduated college. Like, if I went all in, I would have dropped off college, tried to get into Ultimate Fighter House, like, my sophomore year when, like, my weight class was happening. But I, deep down inside, I like, I don't want to be all in at MMA. Mm-hmm. It's not is not very secure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, like, I finished college, you know, and then when by the time I finished college, that's when I really started going, like, all in. In fact, by the time I finished college, I was almost done with MMA. Mm-hmm. That's when I kind of, like, wanted to, like, become, you know, a businessman and open up a school. Just because, like, in MMA, like, you're not going to really survive off MMA. Only, like, the 1% of MMA fighters are able to survive off it comfortably. Everyone else is just scrapping, you know. So like I just thought, you know, it was gonna be easier life. Um it's gonna be easier to survive off income, off teaching and having a school versus finding a professional in MMA.
0: <laughs> it's easy. Oh no, you're good.
1: what was It always comes in three <laughs> Um so yeah, that's like kinda like why I I stopped doing M M A instead of uh just keep on going with it. And plus, I had my second loss. Uh, in pro MMA, I'm three and two. Mm-hmm. My first loss was to a guy named Lewis Taylor. Now, at the time, I probably shouldn't have even taken that fight. He was like, I my record was two and zero, oh, mm-hmm. and I want to say his record was like eight and one. So oh okay. Dad, I should have never taken that fight. He ended up knocking me out in the first round. It took a lot out of me, but mm-hmm. it kind of made me feel better knowing that later on he ended up winning a million dollars through a PFL tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, So, but my second fight, like, the guy, he never even did anything after me, like, but by that time, I feel like I was already, like, knowing that, like, I want to open up my gym. Like, Mm -hmm. before my last fight, I already knew, like, all right, I'm going to do this last fight, I'm going to open up my gym, so I feel like that mentality kind of hurt my last fight and stuff like that, but I had my second loss. You can't have too many losses Mm -hmm. in MMA, otherwise, you're just not going to go far. Mm-hmm. So once I had my second loss, I realized, all right, I need to stop, slow down. I can't lose again, otherwise, no one's going to take me seriously in MMA. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just did that pause, and I just kind of never got back into it again.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then that's when you just so so that at the time when you were doing MMA, were you already a black belt by then?
1: No, uh, I was. I don't even think I was a brown belt. Okay. When I was fighting MMA, I think I just got my like purple belt. I think okay. Uh, Okay, no, I was a brown belt from my last fight. Mm-hmm. I was. Because I was already trained with Caprito at the time. Okay. From my last fight, which, which was like my new coach at the time.
0: Okay. Oh, um, so, so you, you, you didn't go all the way through. So you didn't start with Caprito?
1: Well, yeah. So now we got to talk about like... So we kind of talk about like how I got into Jiu-Jitsu. And yeah. now we got to talk about like um, how, what what happened with my Jiu-Jitsu journey. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty crazy story too. Because like, you know, I started Jiu-Jitsu at the M M A, Like a local gym around here. And then... um. Then I went to college, and then I started like doing like this Japanese jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, like Taekwondo style. Mm-hmm. It was more of like a McDojo type thing. Uh, but it was Nick cool. Dojo. You know, and then I and then I came back home, and then that's when I started training at this like one gym called Brujo Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And uh, the guy there was pretty cool. He was legit, you know? He had like, he was always like bragging about the private lessons with like Hoist Gracie and stuff like that, and like he had pictures with Helio Gracie, and like... You know he'd like name drop all these like big name guys and stuff like that and like he did teach really good stuff he was just crazy <laughs> he's like a big narcissist he was really full of himself um he stopped speaking english to us like he went on vacation one time and came back and then he acted like he forgot how to speak english really so he started speaking like this weird mexican jamaican dialect It was mixed. Okay. Where no one could understand him. Yeah. But he actually did that. He did that. I'm pretty sure he still acts like that. To where, like, he doesn't, still, if you try to talk to him in public, he'll act like he doesn't know how to speak English. I'm pretty sure he still does that. This was years ago. Yeah. But I eventually had enough of that. Like, he was teaching really good classes, really good basics, really good fundamentals. Mm -hmm. But the guy was just crazy. He stopped speaking English to us. Yeah, Yeah. How are you supposed to respect a coach? who purposely doesn't speak English, just so you don't ask him more questions, you yeah. know? So that's when I was like, I need to get out of there. And plus like, there's some other political stuff with that gym that like, I was like, I need to get out of there. So early 2010, I. that's when I found Caprito and I never looked back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, like, with, yeah, cause like, I mean, I've, I've gone over to Comprito's, like, I th- I think I did, like, one, I did it once, and it's just a totally different, like, level over there, man, like, because like, he's got, like, um, so it's Comprito, and then, um, uh, Marcelo? Yep. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, so, 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 have they been, like, friends for, like, a long time, or?
1: From, from what I know, yeah, from back in Brazil, they were, like, yeah, when they were kids, they were, I mean, mm-hmm. Marcelo's a little bit older than Comprito, so I want to say, there was a little bit of an age gap when there were younger kids, but maybe, I don't, I'm not really sure yeah. about that. Yeah, I got I just know that they did know each other for a long time, mm-hmm. and they were probably friends. Yeah, so yeah. So, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, so then, so then, like, um, so then like, when you opened up your gym, so then, like, so when you got your black belt from Comfrido, did you, like, was there any sort of, like, time gap between when you got your black belt and when you um, opened, up, opened up your gym?
1: No, I, uh, I was, t- I opened up my gym as a brown belt. Oh, okay. In 2011. I didn't get my black belt until 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Got you. Got you. Yeah. So then, like, so then, like, um, cause, cause you were saying how, like, so, like, you, you found out that, like, you wanted to, uh, get or, like, open up your gym, um, like, while you're still, like, in, like, your MMA career. Um, like, what were, like, just, like, the other, like, underlying factors? So, like, you said how you didn't really want to do the nine to five job, and then, and then you just wanted to continue with jujitsu. And, like, what, like, was there any other, like, motivating, like, factors, like, behind that? So, like, I mean, because I mean, I know, like in jujitsu, it's it's all about like lineage and so terms. So it's of, like, all where... about
1: passion. Uh-huh. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh huh. So it's honestly, even, like, it's not like I wanted to become a jujitsu instructor, so I started learning jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I started learning jujitsu because I like to fight, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "What's next with this?" Mm-hmm. And so And it's like, "How far? Yeah. Uh,
0: how how far can I really go exactly. with it?" Exactly, yeah. and like
1: I. I, I just started noticing like when I come to practice I was picking up little details that my classmates weren't mm-hmm. and like I just noticed that and like so I just used that and, like when I started teaching I'm like you know these are like details that the coach is telling me and like I'm kind of noticing that you guys aren't and so like and that's like, kind of what other gave me like confidence of teaching too is like I, I knew I know that I could pick up things differently than other, some other people not everyone but mm-hmm. for the average person I feel like I could pick up details better and so, like, that's what I really want to do is help people learn the little details.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, th- yeah, and I think that's, yeah, because, I mean, like, you, you always hone in on, like, the fundamentals and, like, the small things and just, like, one of, like, the earliest things, like, I was, or, like, one of, like, the first things I was taught in jujitsu jitsu is how, like, just slight minor adjustments to anything like can make or break the entire Micro, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like you gotta look at it the big picture, but there's so many intricate little details that you like have to pay attention to. Right. Yeah, so I just I always found that to be like just really cool how like just like it's it's something that, that could just be as simple as just changing a simple a simple grip or just just changing a simple angle. It 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 takes the entire fight just to a different realm and i just and i've always found that to be just like really cool especially about jujitsu because um like yeah I, i've always just found it to be like super interesting and like and like one of the things that like i really like is that how it was just like the whole process of everything and like how just like um like you can just continuously because like it's like like you said like you don't have to be the best at it you just have to continuously do it and you just have to keep showing up every single day. And I just, it, it just... It's a whole process. So then, like, um, like with that process, do you find yourself, like, like like changing, like, your style... Like, have you found yourself that your style of jiu-jitsu and teaching has adapted just throughout the years? Or do you... Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a, a huge guard puller up until I got a black belt. And then once I got a black belt, that's when I realized, I don't want these... Other black belts on top of me.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
1: So that's when I was like, you know, I got awesome takedowns. Let's use it. And so I stopped pulling guard and just started really focusing on my guard passing because, like, I felt like my takedowns were there. Mm-hmm. So all I had to do is just really focus on my guard passing, and I noticed I don't get injured as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making sure I get on top and then I just go for the guard pass instead of like playing underneath, let some guy get on top of you and. You know, he could fall on you the wrong way and you could get hurt and stuff like that just on accident So I feel like it's a lot safer mm-hmm. to fight on top So older I get, safer I want to be
0: Yeah, yeah So that's yeah. how I look at it Yeah, no, I get th- And then also, and also, you know, like with jujitsu, is like you want to be as efficient as possible within your movements too Like using minimal energy for for like to get to the best position, you know Like you don't want to make like you don't want to like overcomplicate it too Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah. so like that's one of the things in fact that,
1: that's what it's all about is Jitsu is all about what's more efficient mm-hmm. you know if you're going for one thing and there's a resistance there's an, there's an opening somewhere else that's going to be more efficient we need to find it mm-hmm. and you know if you can find it that's the that's Jiu if you can find the easier solution for that.
0: Mm-hmm. so then like with no, I just wanna get into your just like just like competing career like within um with within jujitsu because like you've gone against some like pretty like real like big name. Oh yeah, I've gone against some people. of the best
1: in the world, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So like like what kind of, like what's it like just like walking in it's like knowing who you're going up against. Like going
1: against someone like that, there's no pressure. hmm You know? You just making sure you don't get hurt, but there's it's a it, you know, it's like if you lose like you just lost to the best in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. If you do good, sick, you know. So there's no pressure. There's more pressure on that world champion going against me than me going against that world champion.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's more of it's more like it's it's a, it's like a, you you got nothing to lose. Yes, you know, exactly. it's like you got nothing to lose, everything to gain. And yes. I feel like that kind of in a way that, that gives you it gives you your own competitive yeah. advantage. If you don't you know? let
1: that world champion get in your head. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if you go out there, not res- you gotta like you gotta respect the really good guy. Mm-hmm. But you can't go out there and. Just res- you have to like not respect them, because if you respect them too much, you're just gonna let them beat you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta go out there and you gotta like gotta disrespect them. You gotta go out there. You gotta push them. Mm-hmm. You gotta do some dirty stuff just to let them know that like hey, you know I'm not gonna be like one of those guys that just like bow down to your world champion name and just
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know let me win. So you just gotta let them know like that. Not saying um you know I've I've beaten guys that uh that medaled in worlds and stuff like that. I I got submissions at the world level, so, but I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm not a world champion, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had one world medal at Nogi, and that was a brown belt level, but other than that, you know, I just go out there and fight my heart and have fun. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, so, so, like, being, like, on, like, the other end of it, so, like, when, like, you're going up against someone who's... Who's not like the role chair Where it's like where it's like you where it's like you're the clear better fighter. Like, is would you go in with the same kind of mindset where it's like the respect, but you also disrespect, or is it just a different yeah, kind it's of? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess you have to respect everything, everyone, but kind of like because you're our fighting. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, if you if if your opponent's comfortable, he thinks clearly. So, like, you want to put discomfort on him so he's not thinking the best. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, like in that you kind of almost got to disrespect them when you're fighting them mm-hmm. just to get them out of this comfort zone. But, you know, you always want to respect your opponent because, you know, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have no one to compete against. Yeah. And plus, not only that, like, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone can get tapped out by anyone. So you got to respect them in that thing. But if you like, again, you just have to have confidence, I guess. You have confidence and believe in yourself. Like, look, my techniques are going to work. My grips are going to be there. And when I get my grips, my techniques are going to work. So mm-hmm. that's what I just focus on. I don't really care about who I'm going against. Just focus on my game and my grips and what I need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exa- and, and And also just being like, I feel like there's also a level of like just open-mindedness in the fight too. Because I mean like every every person who you go up against is going to be different every single role is going to yeah, be different so you have to like look at like different openings and i mean like you can go in like with like a game plan but overall though it's like a chess So play. i try
1: to have a game to where i can play the same strategy game on anyone uh-huh. it doesn't matter who you are i'm uh-huh. going to might change like all right i'm going to hit this pass more than this pass on this body type mm-hmm. but for the most part like i have a very universal game to where gee no gi, short tall you know, skinny or, or like heavy, I'm going to pretty much be playing the same kind of strategy Mm -hmm. almost, you know, I'm going to obviously be working more passes on, on a heavier guy than, and I'm going to be working more different style passes on a lighter guy. But for most part, my game really doesn't change too much on who I'm fighting with. I still want to get on top. Mm -hmm. I still want to pass. I still want to submit. Yeah. So
0: yeah, no, no, I get that. Yeah. And then, um, so then like, so like getting like into coaching then, like when like you first started, um, like what was, was there like, was there ever like a point, like like when like you first started like coaching, like what was like the biggest like difference of like seeing things like on like, cause I mean like co- coaching, coaching and like training, I feel like it's just, you're just on the other side so of it. So
1: when I, when I first started coaching, this is what I learned with maturity and age as I coach. I learned, don't show them what you want to show. Like, meaning, I used to teach, I used to start teaching stuff that I was drilling myself. hmm Um, when I first started, I was, like, I was a high-level brown belt competitor. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I medaled in Pants, I medaled at Nogi Worlds, I was, I, you know, I had, like, 15 IBGF championship gold medals. hmm So, like, I was a high-level competitor, and then I was actually teaching the same stuff that I was drilling on to, like, white belts. And then, that's so, like, with maturity, I learned... Don't teach what I'm working on. Don't teach what I want to teach. Teach what they need to learn. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the funnest thing, you know, going over, you know, Americana from side control. Mm-hmm. But you have to, as a teacher, you have to be thinking about what do you students need to know and what do they need to be working on. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest thing that I noticed too. And like just, just doing that makes me realize, okay, what moves should I going to be working on, what person too. So mm-hmm. like you learn. Body typing experience is teaching and understanding what you need to be teaching to someone. Because if you know what you need to be teaching someone, now you know what to do against them hmm you know what I'm saying yeah so it's like you just learn in and out of like everything when you're teaching mm-hmm.
0: and then and then so like, so when like you're like determining like on like what like you want to teach though are you are you looking like through at, at like at like live rolling or are you looking at just like just like how like they're doing the techniques like what what's like the determining factor well of like now
1: what? now it's like I have two adult two different adult classes now now uh-huh. I have the basic class that basic class is a set curriculum where mm-hmm. It's, I just, I already planned out what I want my basic students to know, and I just kind of, that is a set thing. I'm not tr- changing that up. Mm-hmm. Then the, the more advanced class at 7 p.m., that class, I'm like more like looking, watching people rolling, rolling with people, seeing mistakes, seeing what people are good at. Because like, you want to correct the mistakes, but also if you see a lot of people working in Spider guard, You want to like encourage that, so then I'm gonna start teaching more spider guard. So I I I I look at like all right, you know, where are people having trouble with, but also what are people getting good at? Mm, Okay, yeah. Because like you wanna like you know you know if you see like a flower growing, you want to water it and let it flourish. Mm -hmm. So I'll 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 try to do that too to where.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or
1: or if like say if I have one student that is just dominating everyone with a certain technique, Mm -hmm. well. I'm probably going to teach how to fight that. I'm going to teach how to counter that technique. It's good for everyone. It's good for the people because they're not getting dominated now and it's good for the other guy because now he actually has a real jujitsu fight now with that technique where people are actually understanding it and countering it. Yeah. So, yeah, like I can't just say... You know, i guess I just scan the room and
0: just yeah 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 it's a, you're you're're you're, you're looking for the trends as 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 a whole or like as a whole you're looking for the trends as to and i, I like how you say it, you know it's like if you see you like one person dominating you know because it, it doesn't it benefits everyone including the person because now he has to do come better. up with a new technique he has to do better he has to he has to do his like little fine tunings yeah. on his technique to make him better and the overall it just makes it better so I, I like that how, like, you don't just go in with, like, a like all right, you know, like, we're going to work on this, this, like, you, well, know, like you don't have, like... beginners, you have yeah. to do
1: that, because beginners, they don't even know what to ask you, you know, like, they don't even know what to work on, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you ask a beginner, the basic beginner's thinking, all right, well, I, I need to work on getting, take, taking people down, and I need to work on getting out from underneath people, mm-hmm. but they don't even know to ask what's mount, what's half guard, what's guard, what's mm-hmm. side control. Yeah, yeah. So... That beginner stage, it's like you have to have a set curriculum and just make sure everyone knows that basics curriculum. And then that second class is more advanced, I get more free, I can kind of judge them.
0: So then like for like the beginners, because I know like, like a lot of people who like start, do, or they, they, they start jiu-jitsu, they don't really end up following through with it, like they'll fall off in the first couple months, so.
1: I feel like the learning curve is, it can be slow at first. Mm-hmm. and then like you see out picking it up and you're like man this is hard and then you kind of start to think maybe it's not for me mm-hmm. but I can't tell you how many times I thought maybe this isn't for me mm-hmm. like you know I could do really good and also do a bad tournament and be like man maybe this isn't for me but you can't just let one bad experience ruin everything you know or like hardships like jiu is hard it's a hard sport mm-hmm. so I guess what I'm trying to say is you gotta learn to love the grind Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn the hardship. Learn to love the hardships. Learn, like, what I got really good at is, like, anxiety. Learning mm-hmm. to do with anxiety. Because, like, you can get anxiety for, like, something bad. Like, say you have, like, test anxiety. Like, say we're back in high school and I have a math test or something like that. I'm going to get anxiety for that. Like, like performance anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. on the test. But at the same time, like, I could get Six Flags and I want to go on a roller coaster, and I have anxiety all in line on that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But that anxiety is fun. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is taking bad anxiety, like performance, like math test performance anxiety, and turning that to like I can't wait to get on this roller coaster anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the emotions are so similar. So whenever I feel like anxiety, like pre pre match anxiety, we're like. I'm going out there, I know this guy's gonna be good. Um a lot of people are watching me right now, it's gonna be on full grappling. If I do bad, I'm gonna be on the highlight reel. Yeah. Everyone's gonna see me do bad. On the other end of the highlight. Yeah, reel. Yeah, yeah, the bad end of it. Yeah. So I get anxiety there and I it, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. I feel it in like my stomach, i feel it in my chest, mm-hmm. my legs will go weak, um, mouth will go dry, I'll need to go to the bathroom. Um but you'll be surprised if you breathe and talk to yourself and be like, roller coaster anxiety. And then it's funny how you could actually change that anxiety into a really good feeling. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, when I and when I get in that, that's when I like, in my head, I get in zone. Like NBA Jam Fire Zone, like back mm-hmm. in the 90s video games, where like everything's just clicking. So you can turn bad anxiety into good anxiety and use that to like be alive and mm-hmm. like perform even better than what you could imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that takes time. That takes time. Like you got to feel anxiety and understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you almost have to like sit with it too.
1: You have to sit with it, and you just have to deal with your deal with your anxiety and deal with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you're always running away from your thoughts, you're never gonna be able to conquer that anxiety. And something I also learned too about like kids, and I noticed this teaching kids class. Sometimes kids will be like my tummy hurts. Well, kids really don't understand what anxiety feels like. Mm-hmm. So when a kid feels anxiety, they'll just say, "Hey, my stomach's upset. Mm-hmm. I like my stomach hurts." So. That's when you got to be like, well, did you eat anything? And they're like, no, you know, I'm fine. It's my son. Well, okay. Maybe it's anxiety. Are you feeling anxiety? Mm-hmm. You know? So, then that's when you start to like, that's when you can start teaching kids how to deal with anxiety. Because mm-hmm. first they have to know what anxiety is yeah. before they can even learn to deal with the performance anxiety of doing good on a math test or doing good on in a, in a fight. Mm-hmm. You know? So, that's a huge part of the mental game of just anything, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: and that's like 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 jujitsu, especially man, because like I I got I, I got I got a bad anxiety problem, and like jujitsu, and like yeah, and, like and, and like but like jujitsu is like really helped me learn how to just be in a more calm state of mind when I am, because man, because I mean like man, like when I'm, it's like when someone's like in full, like it's like when I'm in someone's mount and they're just like like no matter what I'm doing, like, I just feel suffocated and everything. I've learned to just like all right, stop analyze the situation, realize like what's going on, almost like take your, take a step back. And then you're able to think a lot more things through because when you find yourself in that panic, that's when more mistakes get made, you know, and it's just, but then you can apply that to, you know, just like, like how you were saying, you know, just like whether it be taking a test or, or giving a presentation at work or anything, you know, just it's like
1: Christmas morning when you're a kid, uh-huh. you're waiting for your parents to be like, yeah, you can open the prep. That, that's anxiety. You're feeling anxiety, but that is like, that's like you can't buy that anxiety in a mm-hmm. bottle, you know. That's like little kid waiting for Christmas presents morning anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you just gotta turn create like the bad anxiety into that like roller coaster Christmas morning mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And then you you could actually learn to like have fun with it. Like mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Learn to be alive with it. Yeah, and like, I didn't even I didn't even I didn't even think about like that whole angle because I mean like typically like what I usually do with anxiety is like I usually just I usually, like like no matter what it is like I, but I never even thought about like the good anxiety. Anxiety
1: we could bad anxiety could be crippling, mm-hmm. to where it's super nice outside. You see the sun, you hear the birds, but you don't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. That's like the bad crippling anxiety. Um, but at the same time, just be like, turn that into a good one. Now that's like weird anxiety. Like I can I can control performance anxiety way better than like. Pandemic anxiety, let's say. Like, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. the world is crashing down <laughs> yeah. in anxiety to where that's hard. That's hard to like turn that into roller coaster anxiety. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that uh, there's definitely like what I'm saying is I, I got really good at changing performance, like fight performance anxiety to like exciting Christmas morning mm-hmm. or roller coaster anxiety. Yeah. It's hard to get, a, get rid of that like uh, end of the world. You oh, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. We're, let's go lock down again for another whatever it is. So, yeah, it's like that, that that's,
0: the, like, that was kind of anxiety. i I was feeling like, like, when, like, when I turned on the news with the, um, with, like, people like storming the Capitol and everything. Because, like, I was, I was late on that news broadcast. Like I had no idea what was going on. And I hit up one of my friends. I was I was I was like hey you know she's like what she's like what's up like you want to come over and then and then she, she's like no like it's like it's it's annoying, you know, like, it's pretty dangerous outside like yo like what are you talking about she's like oh like, there's like a civil war breaking well, out and I'm just like I was
1: getting more excited me being a small business owner uh-huh. when they were rioting small businesses mm-hmm. because it made no sense to me yeah why are they rioting innocent small businesses mm-hmm. but when they stormed the Capitol both are wrong right oh, yeah storm, yeah storming the Capitol is wrong but at least they were they weren't just. It was like, all right. So like, a lot of times when it when a bully gets bullied, it's because he's getting bullied by someone else, mm-hmm. and then so he's gonna go bully some innocent smaller victim, mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like the rioters were doing. They were like, they get bullied by someone else, and instead of taking on that person, they were taking on like the small businesses that like had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Where like when they were storming the Capitol. They felt like they were getting bullied by the bully, so they went and attacked the bully. Mm-hmm. So, I felt more comfortable hearing that on the news, that they were attacking the Capitol, mm-hmm. versus riding, looting, setting cars on fire, and yeah, stuff like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's how I, even like, that. whenever I, I, I'm trying to say is I just gotta break things down. Mm-hmm. Like, what is actually happening right
0: now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, because, like, once I turned on the news, like, I realized that was happening because, like, cause, like, my my friend, she was, like, she was, she was like, yeah, like, it's, like, scary outside because, like, like, when she said it like that, I was thinking, I'm, like, dude, like, people are outside, like, rioting in the streets and that. everything. I knew that. I knew
1: it was a political thing. Like, yeah. like I said, the rioting, that's scary. That yeah. can leak into your communities. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, that could go into your, you know, your neighborhood Walmart or Target, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the capital, it's, like... If you're not in politics, like you had nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's like I felt much safer when I when I heard about the Capitol getting raided versus all the cities is getting raided.
0: Yeah, we, we actually back like in the in the beginning of the pandemic and everything. Like like there were all those riots and everything. So I was living out in Juliet at the time, and man, like 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 there were like protesting, like, the Walmarts were getting, like, looted and everything, and, like, and, like, yeah, yeah, it's, like, I was, I was hanging out, like, with, like, my neighbors and everything, because we were all just, like, sitting around, like, talking, because, like, because, like, all, like, around us, other than, like, our, like, little, like, community, like, like, if you were to, like, step outside, like, the community, like, it was just, like, chaos outside, like, people were, like, hanging out, like, the edge of their cars and, like, barking at people, you know, just, like, senseless kind of stuff, and it really, it's, it's a very, it was just a very, it was such a weird time going through that, you know, yeah. but like, but like you said, you know, well like, and like, I was getting like anxiety, like with all that stuff, but yeah, like be able to like, like make like that, like switch and be, it's, it's just a different kind of like anxiety. So no, I get that.
1: I really do. But you gotta understand too, like our anxiety, what triggers our anxiety is much different than someone that lives in like the Congo. Mm-hmm. What triggers their anxiety? Yeah, yeah. What triggers our anxiety is like a good day for someone that lives in a condo. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always try to keep that in mind too. Whenever like my day's going bad, I try to think about, whew, you know, what could really go bad. And then, like, you know, my day is actually pretty good. You know, I mm-hmm. I ate breakfast. You know, like yeah, yeah, and know, it's, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's like taking it's like it's like it's it's finding joy in just like those like little things, you know. Even just like making like your bed in the morning, you know, or like you said, just like oh, like I woke up, I had food today. Like it's something as simple as that. You can like it's like building like those little like neural pathways to like to getting you to be just have a more sense of appreciation. And then when you're more grateful and you have a sense of gratitude, that anxiety kind of just slowly it never really goes away, but it's more manageable now, yes. you know. Yeah. Especially on those real bad days. But-
1: Again, you just got anxiety is a good feeling actually. Mm-hmm. It really is a good feeling. You just got to learn how to make it a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. you know. Because mm-hmm. if you actually sit there when you feel an anxiety, when you are feeling a panic attack, that that's the same feeling like before you go ask this like really hot girl out for a date. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it's the same feeling, and that's a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, like you just got to turn that into like a good feeling, and it takes time. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. sometimes it's hard sometimes you actually have to think about it too like all right well look i'm feeling this let's turn this into this mm-hmm. so
0: yeah so then like uh, i, I like, i'm just curious so then like what what is your you know just like mind process like for that so like is it is it for you is it just as simple as just like okay i'm going to turn it into or is, or is like do you have to like or like so how how do you talk yourself into it? Is, is it oh yeah no i'm Dialogue. Yeah. There's yeah. An inner dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's
1: definitely an inner dialogue. Especially, well, for me, at least, there's inner dialogue. And, like, sometimes I feel like, all of a sudden I'll look up, I'm like, wait, did that person just, like, see, like, me talking to myself? Because <laughs> I know my lips are, like, moving a little bit when I'm talking to myself. But yeah. I'm not just, like, sitting there. I know I'm like, you can tell I'm talking to <laughs> myself. I'm like, so, like, I I noticed that. And I'm like, oh, what? And then I'm like, Who cares?
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. Talk him talk it, oh my god, dude! I'll, I'll have full blown conversations with myself in my yeah. head. I'm just like sitting there thinking about just all like different kinds of situations. So I what I
1: you gotta be careful of is having conversations with yourself is good. Mm-hmm. Having having a hypothetical conversation with someone else mm-hmm. that's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, bad. Yeah. Now we're now we're trying to anticipate something and like it's it now now we're adding anxiety. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. literally giving yourself the anxiety because you're like, you're like, All right, I'm going to talk to this person later on, and, like, I'm going to try to have this in it. That conversation never gets brought up. Yeah. So, like, talking to yourself, like, whenever, whenever I by myself, talking to myself is good. When I'm mm-hmm. talking to myself, I'm like, that's good. I'm with it. I'm with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm getting in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. But when you're having a hypothetical conversations with a, a person that mm-hmm. you might have in the future with, that's when I'm like, that is not good. Yeah. That exactly. is bad anxiety. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it sets up, it sets up, it sets up like an expectation. If that expectation doesn't get met, now you've created, it's like you've, you, yes. you're, you're, you're literally creating your own anxiety and then adding it on top of it because if it doesn't go out the way how you planned it, it's just more, it just, it's a snowball effect. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know And. But like, you just said it, I know it, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to when it's when it's there. It's hard to like.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. In the morning, it's
1: hard to tell yourself like, look, you know, this is what's happening to yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just gotta pretend that you're a doctor yourself and be like, look, this is what's happening. You know. Mm -hmm. You know what's happening, so let's stop that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Wake up. Yeah,
0: it's it's a sense of self reflection and like and it's it's not a light switch at all. You know, like it's like like anything. Well, it's like it's like it's like
1: for me, I'm scared of heights. Okay. So you put me up super high. Like you put me up on like this little ledge. Like the like, Sears
0: Tower. Like, yeah. like the sky deck. You put deck. Me on a
1: ledge and like you told me, don't be scared. I'm not going to be like, I can't just be like, oh, okay. He tells me I'm not going to be scared. Okay, I can't just turn that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's anxiety. Yeah. That's like, that's, you can't, you just can't turn that off. Mm-hmm. But longer you're up there and nothing happens, more you get comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, so longer you deal with anxiety, and longer and more you can turn it into good feelings, that anxiety stops being bad because you're not getting a negative effect with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're up high, and you eventually fall. You're always gonna be scared. Yeah, yeah. But longer you're up there and you're not falling, you're gonna start getting comfortable out there because you're like, yeah, well, falling is not gonna really happen. Yeah, yeah. So getting anxiety and having bad anxiety and letting it just tear you apart, then when you get anxiety and a panic attack, it's gonna ruin everything. But if you're good, if you're always overcoming your anxiety, when you get anxiety, it's gonna be easier to overcome it because you're like, well, I know nothing's bad is gonna come from this anxiety.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Because because you've been there before. You're like, yes. all right, I've been anxious about all these other things. Worked out fine. But as long as it's when you face it, like you said, as long as you, as long as you face it, it, it doesn't have not nearly as much power. You get comfortable. You condition yourself you to it's being not okay. Kill you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know?
1: And in fact, it's living. So living is about feels.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to
1: feel something, mm-hmm. and when you have anxiety, you're living, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're feeling something, you're feeling something strong, so you're actually living. Mm-hmm. So, I always, whenever I feel a strong anxiety, I'm like, I breathe, I'm, like, I'm living right now, <laughs> I feel something right now, yeah, yeah, like, it feels good. Uh huh, you just turn that anxiety into a good feeling, like, I get to feel something, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. Turn that into a good feeling, instead of like, oh, I feel it's crippling, oh, I can't eat. Oh, you know, like, cause, yeah. uh, you know, you can't eat on anxiety because it's filling in your gut. hmm But just like, just like Six Flags, mm-hmm. you can't eat, like, you can't eat breakfast before you go to Six Flags. You're just too excited. Yeah, yeah, But once you're at Six Flags and you already hit a couple of roller coasters and the anxiety's down, mm-hmm. you're hungry. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, I
0: got this. I got this. All right, Steve. We're actually at, we're at uh, 45 minutes, so I'm going to cut it off, like, right there. Uh-huh. Um, but Steve, thanks so much for coming yeah. on, man, like, sharing your point of view and, given like your insight to everything and honestly means a lot the fact that you came on because you know like like you're you're my jiu jitsu coach. I really like look up to you and everything. I have a like, great respect for you. Um and like thank you so much, man. Really honestly hey, no, mean, thanks for having me. Um so I like to end the podcast on uh, I asked the same question. Um so if Steve Patterson could give the rest of the world just one piece of advice through your eyes, just around what you see, what would you what would you what would you tell what would you tell the rest of the world?
1: Man, just honestly, just live the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Unapologetically.
1: Yeah, because like you only have one life. I know it's so like YOLO, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. but it's so true though. Mm-hmm. You only have one life to live. and like, Well, as far as I know, you only have one life to live. So you got to mm-hmm. live it up because you don't want to ruin it. All
0: right, absolutely. Well, Steve, again, thank you so much. And to all the people who are going to be listening to this, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, deuces.